I've always felt different. I've always seen things, but when I tried to express them as a child, I was always told to ignore it. There were people that I didn't know that came to me and said, I have this message that I keep getting that I have to deliver to you. All of a sudden, out of the shadows, a homeless man just jumped right in front of me, and he said, I'm a soul just like you. I love it. I wanted to understand the universe and who and what we are and what are we doing here. Well, we're all part of this amazing soul wave tapping into each other. This was a major life changer. You are a light. You have helped me a ton. Thank you. You've given me the courage to live more from my soul. Millions of people are awakening. So wake up with Michelle Miche. Be pleased to hear the best-selling authors and experts in the fields of cutting-edge self-help, personal growth, metaphysics, and spirituality. The soul path of awakening. Understand what living awake is. Hello, soul lights. Welcome. Good to connect with all of you. Hope you can hear me. Um, if you're coming in the chat, welcome. Good to see you. If you want to listen by phone, that number is 347 539-5122, press 1 on your keypad if you want a reading or talk or connect um, or anything like that. Oh, I'm in the mountains again, a different place, and um, gosh, very busy, but also relaxing. I want to touch on a couple things before I get to callers, and again, 347-539-5122 is the phone number. Um, had a lot of people ask me about the energies and people feeling very exhausted or tired. Now, I think sometimes because we get caught up in human doing, we forget the etheric part of us, the part of us through the subtle energy. And recalling that that part, you know, we're connected to the universe, the quantum aspect then also look at it as an astrology lens through the planet. So we had that amazing shift at the beginning, not just a shift, like a power ranger download of energy uh, with that Mars-Uranus conjunction, conjunct the North Node. So, um, and also is um, uh, squaring Saturn also in Aquarius. Um, there are some other things that were going on also, but, um, and, I believe Chiron is also, um, well, Jupiter retrograded too. And Jupiter is this, again, energy, expansive energy. So it's, we had a lot of expansion. We had some peak experiences. And now it's about the integration and the grounding, okay? So if you're tired or exhausted, go with it. You're not going to stay that way. It's like there was just an intensity. It's like running a marathon, Right. Um, actually, this was a marathon with a sprint because we've been running the marathon, and then we had the sprinter energy. So it's good to take some time off, journal, relax, just lay around, walk, be in nature, but don't push it right now. Um, the other thing that will help you is to connect into your own soul's purpose, your mission, um, what brings you great joy in life and connecting into the heart and soul of you. So getting into the vibration of coherence and resonance, what just feels good, nurturing, nourishing, uplifting, heart connecting, heart warming, heart expanding, whatever adjectives that you can use for you. And then what is also connecting you to your soul that feels like, oh, my God, this is just me. This feels so familiar. This feels good. This is you know, 
this is what I like. This is what I need. You know, sometimes for me it's certain incense, certain cups I have my coffee or tea in. You know, it's all these little things. Everything is vibration. So it's not like some people say, oh, that kind of stuff really doesn't matter. Well, it does matter because everything is vibration. So the more that you are in alignment to the vibration that is the most resonating, healing, life-enhancing for you, the more that you are getting into your own individual flow to align to the universal flow. As we say, as above, as so below. That is the law of correspondence, which actually is the law of attraction or magnetic attraction, so that you're attracting more in resonance and alignment um, with your soul. So we're getting a pause right now. Things are going to pick up September, but really October, October, November, we've got some other intense energies again. Um, and so I would just say get well, but get getting is good. Do what you can, where you can. But if you're feeling that exhaustion, then go with it. You are integrating on multiple levels and layers. This, these changes are affecting a cellular energetic and the energetic DNA and the you know, biochemical, physiological DNA. So these are, big, these are big changes that are happening, but we have to remember you have to integrate. If you don't integrate, it doesn't happen. That's how it is on the earth plane. You have to integrate. You have to bring it to process to the mental, emotional, physical, material, however you want to put it, to the behavioral. And so a lot of these intense energies, the body, or I say intense, not a negative, but it's this intensification of energy our physical body is having to get used to. All right, let's get to call it. I'd love to hear how everybody is doing, whether in the chat or um, I have a feeling a lot of you have been feeling this energy, the, the pace picking up, the openings. Even if you're tired, you're probably sensing that there's about to be some huge change, some big change. Um, Okay, let's get to the first caller. Hi, you're on air. Hi. Thank you for Hi. taking my call. Miss, yes, this is Carla. What's your first name? Carla. Okay. Hi, Carla. Yeah. Hi. Um, so I had a, I have a question. Uh, something uh, strange, well, out of the ordinary uh, happened the other day. Um, Mm-hmm. And um, I'm just wondering whether this was just something that I sort of did unintentionally, or was it spirit? <laughs> just wondering if you pick up anything. Let's see. And what is it? You did something strange, and you're wondering what now? What is? Whether it was uh, it was caused like was it my my uh, was it like human interaction that caused it, or was it spirit oh. that actually did it? Okay. Let's see. Now, it's odd. I'm going to say I'm getting a little bit of both. I'm getting that it got perhaps more intense, if that's the right word, due to human. But there does need to be some clearing the air or clarification, if that makes sense, or something you're getting clearer about. Is this with another person also? Uh, yeah, yeah. 
That's what I thought. Yeah. So it's spirit. So it's both. It kind of went the way it went because of the human element, Mm -hmm. but you are, you, there are some things that spirit, your higher self, uh, I mean, everything is spirit, but let's say your higher self is trying to get you to do and or not do anymore. Okay. So it's kind of long time coming is what I'm hearing. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That makes sense with your. Yeah. yeah. I... Okay. Yeah. It's long time coming. So sometimes, you know, um, Sometimes how we say things or do things, it, it, it can be us. Sometimes we, you never know. Sometimes people need to hear something yeah. in a way yeah. that perhaps we're, we wouldn't necessarily tell them or do it, right. but it's right. the way that they need to hear it. Right. Well, actually, it's true. This is a long time coming. So I'm, I'm actually starting a project that I'm hoping will benefit others. Um, mm-hmm. So I guess I was wondering whether... Um, I think, yeah, it is divinely guided. And I was it's a, yes, it's a long time coming. The way that it's happening, mm-hmm. I mean, the human part of you is involved as well, is what I'm hearing to tell you, mm-hmm. but it is a long time coming. Mm-hmm. So, and, and what I'm hearing is not to worry so much or concern so much about the approach or the way things are said or set up, because you're in a mm-hmm. process on this, if that makes sense. Okay. Uh-huh. All right. Okay. Um, do you All see right, it being successful? Well, that's another question. I, you can call back in because okay. I just do one question. No yeah. And then we can okay. look. Because you're kind of cryptic with it. So if you, uh, okay. you know, obviously if it's meant to be, but see, that's what I'm saying. The human part of you is influencing it. Even by that, you're not yeah. certain. It's a long time coming, yeah. but you have yeah. doubts. So th- those doubts are the human part of you that need to be worked through, Right. Got it, got and it. I have some great tools on my website, soulplayground.life. Uh, if you go to Soul Path Tools, um, okay. there's some things you can copy and paste and or download. Um, mm-hmm. So there's um, good help for that. Um, in fact, transforming fear into creativity, that MP3 would probably be good for you. It talks about how the mind works, and then there's some processes. Because that's, even though it's, it's a long time coming. It's like you still have to deal with the human part of you. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. You're so welcome, Carla. You take good care. Bye-bye. You too. Bye-bye. Hi, you're on air. Hi, Michelle. This is Jasmine. Can you hear me? I can, Jasmine. Hi. How are you? I'm all right. So um, I've been at my job for a long time now, and every time I work, I feel extreme anger and frustration, and I'm easily upset. Um, I've been doing my best to change the way I think about my job and not let it affect me so strongly, but I always Mm -hmm. feel like I'm not heard, seen, or recognized there, which keeps me angry and in a low vibrational cycle. I know that if I don't work through these feelings now, I will feel the same way at another job. So my question is, what is the true lesson I need to learn that I'm not understanding from my current job so that I can move forward and quit? Yeah, don't expect to get your validation where that's not the place to do it. Mm -hmm. 
we, we do okay. that in relationships. We do that in jobs. Some places it's just about the money. It's just about bridging. It's just about, and so you recognizing that and not taking it personal, personally that it means something about you or they don't appreciate you. I mean, I, I see this all the time in my private practice with people that work corporately. I mean, it's the rare corporate situation that I see where people are shown appreciation or validation, even if they get bonuses or even if they're making six or seven six figures a year. It's just mm-hmm. the, the nature, it's the toxicity of the mainstream world and mainstream consciousness. Now, some places are different, yeah, some, but the majority are not. And I've seen it, it's even worse when I've worked with universities, academia, it's even worse because these are very ego-laden places and most people have not done their deeper inner work they haven't done healing emotional repatterning or healing they don't know about conscious um, communication you know how to really communicate sometimes they take courses on them but a lot of times you know they don't there's not that kind of training so really it's Mm -hmm. a function of group dynamics most a lot of there can be a lot of toxicity in group dynamics where people have not they're just not trained, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you, you know, years ago I worked with somebody in a university setting, and, I, and I've worked with a lot of professors and teachers and students in that setting, and but one in particular just, oh, my God, I'm not getting valid. They don't appreciate this, they that. And I said, that, and, and, oh, I can't, I don't, my colleagues, I don't, you know, I don't feel close to them. And I'm, I'm like, well, that's, that's not what you're doing here. You're okay. here for the students. It's not going to, these people aren't going to get you. And um, mm-hmm. interesting enough, once they let loose, they did have some people that were more like-minded. In fact, they referred me quite a few clients from there. But So I would say focus on the task at hand. And ask okay. every time it comes up for you, then say, what do I need to give myself? How can I validate myself? How can I appreciate myself? It also can help if you can see their wounding and then ask, how have I been similar wounded? Or what's my wounding? What's my piece? What's my part? Um, mm-hmm. That greatly helps. Um, oh. yeah. yeah. Yeah, I hear you. Honestly, you know, I, I um, years ago, years ago, I worked at a very well-known spiritual center and behind the scenes. And unfortunately, I find this with a lot of spiritual centers or well-known spiritual teachers because they stopped doing their inner work. There's a lot of toxicity. There's a lot of unhandled wounding, a lot of power plays, power struggles, um, you know, sleeping around, you know, no offense, but my thing is do what you want to do, but just don't, you know, preach that you don't do that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. there was some jealousy about me and my way I teach and what was going on. And there had been like a miscommunication, which a couple of years later, they apologized to me. It was nothing that I had done. And I myself came to a point, I thought, oh my God, I'm gonna, I just want to quit. But I knew there was a lesson there. And mm-hmm. I prayed on it. I sat on it. I meditated. And I came to the conclusion, I am here for the students. 
because I was thriving with the students. The students loved me. I loved them. It was just amazing experience. But I did see behind the scenes a lot of wounded, unhandled, unhealed behavior that was given to, you know, the subordinates. I mean, just all kinds of stuff that I just saw and directed at me Un- mm-hmm. unjustly unjustly, but I handled it on the inner plane. I knew that these people would come back around and realize, even though I tried to reason with them. I mean, there was just all kinds of power plays. But once I shifted and just, and I was very gracious to everyone when I would see them, even though at home I would be upset, you know, or complaining behind their back, or, you know, complaining in prayer and meditation and to my friends. Or yeah. <laughs> but mm-hmm. I knew, okay, that I have to handle that because the thing is, Situations are what they are. Those people were where they were in consciousness, meeting me where they could be. And even though they preached differently and taught differently. Um, so my learning was, why are you really there? Are you there to get acclaim and accolades? Are you there to have people tell you how good you are, great you are, how much you know, what you're doing? No, I was there to learn to give, to give of my gifts and my talents and teach. And, you know, I developed some curriculum and, you know, I learned a lot. I learned and I thought, no, okay, that's part of it. And I'm here to learn some things from work, you know, again, working with big groups and institutions and developing curriculum. So I had my own learning and, you know, getting the appreciation or gratitude or even just decency was not necessarily part of it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it is what it is. A part of the path in becoming more living awake is understand the wisdom of it is what it is. This is the situation. You so, know, and I stayed there for quite a while and I enjoyed it, but I, and I've got good stories out of it, you know, good teaching stories out of it. And I, and I learned something. I learned right away. I recognized Sometimes there are surprises, but, you know, and, and sometimes gifts in situations, but to recognize what is the parameters of its boundaries, what is really there in that situation. Mm-hmm. So it's, right. more, I, so it's like ahead. more self-validation, more acceptance of the situation and less expectations from others? Yes. And seeing them, like, I, it's a wonderful thing when we can see our own wounding and have compassion. Now, this doesn't mean that you like it. Some of the things mm-hmm. that I saw and, and I heard about, I just did not like or were just really not of integrity. But I, I would look and go, wow, you know, we are all wounded. We all do things that we're not proud of. My mission mm-hmm. is to deal with them myself you know, or with close mm-hmm. friends or family or whomever and keep myself off that, you know, ivory tower or that golden Buddha seat, you know, like, okay, let's be real, yeah. you know, no matter how awake, aware, or advanced, and you, you still have your stuff, your issues, so, or areas of un- that aren't as conscious. So I feel like it's also to see that in another person. And also, honestly, when I see these things, I really don't get triggered. Very rarely. I can't say never. Um, Because I go, this is the way it is. Why would you expect it to be different? Most corporations are like this. 
Mm-hmm. See, what unfortunately happens is we've been kind of taught or trained, like, when we go to work or our company or the corporation, it's like family. And they even talk, oh, we're like family. Well, family has a lot of dysfunction as well, right? But in a sense, it's really not like family because the bottom line is if they aren't doing as well financially, they cut salaries or let people go, right, or fire people. Mm -hmm. So, and it's all about the work. So you have to really look, why am I here? I'm here for work. See, if you can do that, if you can move into that understanding, then, which I'm teaching this in one of my courses, and I'll be bringing this back, because then you're in a higher resonance, you're more resonance with your soul and truth of the situation, your vibrational frequency comes up, and then you can move into conscious creation of what you consciously want to draw in. You can get to a place where you are able to attract places that have less of this to none of this, you know. And I'll tell you, as a as a coach and a therapist, I've I can count on one hand how many clients I've had that have really good working situations. It's getting better. It's definitely mm-hmm. getting better, but it's it's like a family. It's group dynamics. It, it, there's a lot of unhealthy, unhealed stuff, so that brings dysfunctional behavior. So you're not okay. going to change it. It's not like a close relationship where you can sit down like a partner or somebody or family or friend and you can sit down and say, hey, these are my needs, you know, this and that, because they're willing and they're working on it. So, yes, mm-hmm. it goes back to you. Yeah. Validate, okay. Reminding yourself why you're there and you get that validation from yourself and other people, other connections. It's mm-hmm. not there. It's not that job's place. It's not the boss, supervisor, whatever, secretary. It's not their job to do that for you. Okay. All right. But you, if your job, it's a really good friend will do that to you, a really good partner or husband or wife or whatever will do that for you. A really good family member will do that for you. And sometimes a really good or appreciative, I mean, in that way, awake, aware colleague will do that for you or a boss, don't hold your breath. (laughs) (laughs) Don't hold your breath. (laughs) You're welcome. You're so welcome. Thank you for that question. A lot of people go through that. They need to hear it. Okay, take care. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, let's get to callers. 347-539-5122. Press 1 on your keypad if you have a question or comment, you want a reading, you want a chit-chat. Hi, you're on air. Hello, I can hear you, 914. I'll come back to you. Hello. They can't come out to be friends. They Okay. Let's see, they're talking to someone else. Let's go to the next caller. Hi, you're on air. Hello. 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 Hi, you're on air. Hi, thank you so much for taking my call. Okay, I can barely hear you. And what's your first name? My name is Catherine. Okay, Catherine. Ooh, got it. Oh, it's got a uh, nice echo. It's like, my name is Catherine. I'm sorry, Catherine. yeah, I hear Catherine. that too. I don't know why. Okay. <laughs> okay, 
Okay. Um, I was wondering, please, uh, there's this woman I'd um, like to work with. Her name is Jeanette. Um, her last name begins with an M. And I was mm-hmm. wondering if I approach her with my projects, if you see her saying, yes, I'd, I'd like to um, take this on with you, um, collaborate with you. Hmm. Possibly, but it's not a real strong yes, and it's not an immediate. So I don't know if they have other things going or if it's a longer project and they have to get to know you better and or the project or if it's something they have to read. It seems like it says hopeful. It, It also says that you need to reach out. Now, do you know, I'm getting also a Rob or Bob, 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 Robert. I'm, I'm getting a male energy also with your project or that you're working with. Hmm. Is that true? I mean, I, I am looking for multiple people, yes. I'm not um, sure if I've met a Robert yet. Okay, there's something with a, unless it's another caller calling in. Oh, wait a minute, a yes. Yeah, who, there is a Robert. Yeah, is You're it? right. I'm sorry. Uh, yes, I haven't. I haven't met him physically yet, but I've heard of him. Okay, yes. reach oh, wow. out to him. Reach out to him because that that one was he was coming through stronger. But if wow. say you need to reach out to multiple people, yes, and you and you might have to circle back or have the lunch meeting or email or Zoom or whatever FaceTime. It, it feels like it's something that doesn't – it's not all immediate yes. It's like, let me look at it or let me think about it or talk about, it, you know, where do you want to go with this? You, you have to get a little clearer, too, with the project. There's some clarity. But the Bob or Robert, the Robert is coming through. Yes, I I'm have not spoken no. Mm-hmm, I'm not mm-hmm. getting a no with the, the Jeanette, but I'm definitely getting to reach out to Robert. Yes, I had spoken to him once before, and he seemed nice about another project, and then I think it was a money issue, so it didn't go forward. Um, but I can mm. certainly reach out to him again. Yeah. Oh, that's okay. amazing that you picked up on that. I thank you so much. That's brilliant. You're welcome. Okay, Catherine, you take care. Thank you. Thank you. God be with you. You're thank welcome. you. Me too. See if this is... Hi, you're on air. Hello? Hello? Hi, my name is Maria. My name is Maria. I call her from Maria. I call her from New York. You can give okay, message from my mother. Message from my mother or my husband if they pass away, please. You what now? What? Say it again. Message from my mother or my husband. Who come in? Who wants to talk? You want to talk to them? Your mother and your husband. Yeah, I'm going to go in Italy to see everything will be Okay, yeah, you're going to go to Italy, yeah. And what do you want to know about the trip? I'm going to be fine over there. You know, the people, they're going to treat good to us, you know. Okay, let's see. I definitely see you also around water, maybe even on a boat. Yes, I feel like you're seeing old friends or neighbors or going back to the old town, old country, old village, city, something. There's a lot with right. 
memories. It could, you could be going back to a house that you had before, or maybe as a child or something. A house that you had before um, is what I'm hearing. So it will be good. I feel like you're selling a house too, though. I feel like there's money from a house. Selling money from I a house. Buy, I oh, you're going to buy one. I'm going to buy a house over there. Mm-hmm. Well, there's something to do with money in a house, buying and selling a house. So, yeah, it seems like it's going to happen. I'm going to buy. Yeah, Maria. Yeah. I don't know if you have to sell a house first to buy something. I'm just seeing a money exchange in regards to a house. Uh, it could be in the old neighborhood or where you lived before is what I'm hearing. In, in, in no way. You know why? As I get talking to, I went to Pusilement and my husband was sick. I want to buy a house near the water in Italy. Maybe I'm going to get it to Pusilement. Well, that might be it. That might be the money then that comes in, the settlement. But it's definitely near water because I see boats. Yeah, I want to buy near the water. Yeah. Right. Nice. I'll come visit you, Maria. Why not? Close it down. Why not? <laughs> All right. Why not? Take good care, Maria. Okay. You take care. And I give a message of my mother. Thank you very much. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you too. Ciao. Thanks. On the animal. Okay. Let's see. Next caller. Hello. Hello. You're on air. Hello. Okay, 840, can't hear you. Let's see, I'll come back. Hi, you're on air. Hi. Hi, my name is Ray. Hey, Ray, hi. Hi, I don't know if we've talked before. I can't remember. Can you? don't remember. I don't feel so. Let's see with the reading. I'm not getting a... I don't think we have. Okay. Okay, so my question was, um, is, you know, about my love life, um, you know, I'm, I'm a young man, I'm in my early 30s, um, I am now secure in my job, and I'm just kind of frustrated, like, I've been around very pretty girls, and maybe I'll get their number or their social media, and it doesn't go anywhere, and I'm like, okay, what's the deal, maybe, like, do you see something, I feel like I'm ready, do you see something, or maybe you don't? I'm just kidding. Let's look. Okay, let's see. Let's go. Okay, before you weren't so bad, you were kind of ready, but not. Wait a minute. There seems to be some little back off. Let's see. What's going on with Ray? With dating? I think Ray just pull just pull back energetically just a little bit maybe make because I do feel like you're really ready and you want to just jump in before I feel you weren't ready or you were in and out maybe you're giving mixed signals um I do feel there is going to be somebody around you I feel medium brown hair um I don't feel it's better for you with starting out more. Do you know who that is? Did you go out with somebody like that already? 
You know, I, you know, I don't know, but because there, there's this girl at the gym who is just really not like model drop dead gorgeous that everybody's gawking at, but she's just so pretty, really good energy and really sweet. But you know, I'm very hesitant on asking a girl out at the gym because they're working out; mm-hmm. they don't want to be bothered, you know. And mm-hmm. I'm just really intrigued by her. But I don't know if it's her. Maybe I don't know if you see something else.
I all the time when I was working with a lot of academics and then there were publishing, research papers, peer-reviewed things, books, uh, even there might be, you know, multiple titles on the book. Again, you're dealing with a lot of egos and people are getting validated for what they know and how far up the chain they are, you know, and especially if they have, um, I can't think of what it's called, tenure. Um, A lot of those people do not do their own inner work. That's something very new, even in my field, psychology, transpersonal psychology, psychiatry, they don't do their inner work. It's, It's better. There are programs like the program I went to. Oh boy, we had to do our get therapy and we, you know, we had it, some of you heard my stories of in my clinical where the, you know, doctor or professor would say, you know, if we were talking about somebody that we were helping, say, how have you done that before? You know, if you saw you were getting too authoritative, experty, boy, the, the little dart would come out. Like, well, have you ever done that before? Or why would you attract a patient like this or a client like this? What is that revealing in you? Is there a reflection there? Have you done this? You know, it's like, but I love that. I love being called on my stuff. I I do. I do, I do, I do. Um, Because we all have blind spots. So there's stuff we're not going to be able to see. So, Athena, I hear you on that. And just sounds like you're handling it well. Um, Yeah. Sue, you've been, oh, you're not ready for the cool weather, Sue. Oh, you're a sun lover. Oh, I would like some rain up in the mountains where I am. Okay, so we still have this number. Let's, I'm going to try one more time, and then we'll get to the other call. Hi, you're on air. Hello, you're on air. Hi. Oh, you took my call already. It's Catherine. Oh, I did. Here. Okay, it wasn't you then. Okay. Bye. Okay, let's. I guess the other one. Hi, you're on air. Hello, hello. Yes. Hi, Stacy. Just wanted to know if you see love or getting out, you know, any socializing. <laughs> okay. Well, that's kind of up to you, getting out. Let's see if we've got... I do feel a lot of people starting to get out and about more, you know, even on their own. I am getting that kind of a, and I feel like even around this holiday, people are going, the holiday time, let's say October on. Let's see, Stacy getting out. Ooh, yes, definitely. Showing to have patience. You're again, I'm going to say similar to Ray, have fun chit-chat with people. Remember, everything is a vibration. So even if you're going to the market or the coffee shop or mm-hmm. uh, I'm in the mountains, I was walking my friend's little doggies and um, little Yorkie and Chihuahua. And this lady from New York, we had a little doggie, and she, we just started chatting. And then when I got to the cafe, everybody's chatting with me and the dogs and just in and out. Um so anytime you want to raise your vibrational frequency to bring in, you know, to activate the attraction, law of magnetic attraction, it's just getting out. So, Stacey, I feel for you, it is you getting out and about. I do feel there's going to be some invites 
little bit in September. I'm not going to, I'm going to be honest, maybe a little in October. I feel for you, November on, maybe Scorpio Sag time, Sagittarius. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, because what happened was um, there was a guy that, um, you know, I like the guy to take the lead, and the communication was, I guess, he wanted to go somewhere, and he wanted me to drive, but he looked closer to the place. I wanted him to drive, so we never went anywhere, so that didn't happen, and I feel kind of, I found out he had a massive heart attack, like, a couple of months ago, so I'm feeling, like, guilty now. Oh, uh, well, yeah, maybe he like, should have got like, out. Yeah. Um, I don't feel that person, though, around. I don't feel they're your person. Does that make sense? I, I feel like... You said... I'm not sure they're... I mean, you may be in touch with this person. I don't think they're your person. I feel somebody else around you. You want you want to be taken out too. I feel like you want to be a little, yeah. you know, fun, romance, wine and dine, romance, you know, coffee and you know, yeah. romance, chivalry and all that. And I I feel you can have that. Um, I am mm-hmm. also getting the name Ed or Edward around you. Ed Edward. Um, hold on a second. Um, Five thousand percent. I definitely feel you're going to be meeting someone. I and it's very interesting. I feel like it is more move slowly, formal dating. They could do something in real estate, or they or they might oh have invested god. a lot. Who is that? Yeah. Oh my god! There's, there's somebody at work like that. New, you oh. know, that's weird. I mean, he said he likes me, but what, yeah, but what happened was there was a guy that used to work there that I told you had a heart attack, and I felt like nothing took off with me and him, so I'm feeling like, oh, my God, like fleeting, you know? I just feel like, you know what I'm saying, but it's funny that you said that because his name but is similar to what you just the said. The heart attack guy wasn't your guy. I feel like the other one starts out slowly. Kind of like what I said with Ray, it starts out slowly. It's more kind of maybe colleague or friend, and then it yeah. and then it builds. So yeah. I feel the other guy was just kind of what we call, you know, one of my metaphysical teachers is to call it the opener. Like we, we get after we have yeah. we haven't been in a relationship so you, a long time, right? We get the opener that opens us up, right? Yeah. 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 Yeah, so, so go you have your coffees, go have your teas, get a croissant, have a lunch, have a keep it light, you know, just start going out like that, and that will get the ball rolling. Yeah. The romantic, energetic ball rolling. Yeah, because they said he's interested, but, you know what I mean? I'm just so devastated that this happened, you know, with the other one, you know? Well, it's not your fault. <laughs> Yeah, I said because, you know, I said, I know, because he went on on vacation very far away on vacation, and on the flight back, he just, you know, died of a massive heart attack, and I felt like, was he mad mad at me that he went on vacation far away? You know, that's why I feel the guilt. No. Because he didn't think I was interested. I didn't think, yeah. 
he had that plan that we came, and he wasn't going to bring you either. That guy was not chivalrous. Yeah. He's not what you wanted. He wasn't chivalrous. You would not have been happy. You would have been trying to structure the relationship to try to get your needs met. You would have been on a, like a little teaching mission yeah. with him, you know? So I'm sorry he passed. Um, yeah. Well, there's your answer. Why I didn't realize that, so I did, I'm, that's my confirmation that I didn't see he was your person, you know. Yeah, but it's weird how you saw this and you picked this up accurate, and the name is almost there. So, yeah, Eddie, yeah. Not bad for, not bad for 30, 45 seconds, right? Yeah. All right. I, I, I got to go back. I got to go back to, from break. My boss is outside. Okay. All right. Oh, I love it. Thank Colleen. you. Thank I you. I love it. I love it. All right, sweetie. You have yeah, a great got, rest of your day. Thanks. I got closure. Bye-bye. Thank you so much. Bless. You're, you're welcome. Oh, sorry to hear that, but what a thing. Okay. Let's see who is next here. Hi, you're on air. Oh, Hi. Hi there. Hi. Um, my name's Lisa. What's your first name? How are you? Lisa? Lisa? Yeah. Hi, Lisa. Doing great. How are you doing? Hi. Okay. So I have a question. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know. I I kind of, um, oh, God, it's not a real big deal, but it's kind of a dilemma for me. So my windowsill, like, was coming up a little bit, and I don't know. Like, I'm I'm getting, like, what estimates. What was coming up just, like. My window sill inside the house, window, like okay. Um, okay. in the living room, it's a long window, and I'm just scared. I don't know what's underneath it, but it's tacked down really well, like all my window sills in, in my condo. So I'm thinking there has to be wood underneath, but I had, like, mm-hmm. one person come out, and they gave, like, a, a estimate that seemed reasonable that um, what they would do, but I'm just kind of, like, I'm having a couple more companies come out, one tomorrow, a window company, another one on Friday. But I don't know, like, if you, like, what you see with that, because I'm kind of scared, like, if someone does open it up, and what if there isn't the wood to tack it down, because they had a handyman, but he didn't know what he was doing, and I didn't know him. I shouldn't have used him at all. He was a really bad, real sloppy guy. He wasn't able to, like, just tack it down. You know, it didn't stay down. So, um, but I think there has to be wood in there to for it to be down really well. But I'm just wondering, like, what you see with it, because I just I want to get it repaired. I kind of I want to sell my place. That's the other issue. But um, first, I want to find something. So I'm just trying to kind of well, solve a couple little problems. Reinforce. They might have to reinforce or build up the wood. I do see it getting done though. Okay. Repair. So they, that they have to. So they might have to like it get a piece of wood thinning. to put in there. Yeah, it might be thinning, but it does show you getting the work done. It's showing household repairs. Do you see that being done more, doing more by the window company or from like a carpenter? I can't tell. I I definitely see somebody having a tag, like a name tag or something, tag on Mm -hmm. their shirt. Okay. um, So just be careful with my estimates. Right, just be careful, like who yeah. you're talking to, and, four, and see five, what they say. Yeah, but it's not like something talk. that can't be fixed, right? I mean, it's... no, no, I don't think no. Okay, like they no. might have to put down well, a little more wood. Take, I was thinking, no, they might have to take. There's something with the windowsill, also. I'm wondering if you, if there's it's rot the or you, 
Oh, it's, it's the, the window. The window okay. The whole, yeah. the whole window. Oh, yeah. Because they might have to take the whole thing out is what I'm hearing. Put a whole new it's, one in and then tack it down? Yeah. It's not a little, it's, it's not a horrible job. It's not a huge job, a big job. But it isn't mm-hmm. just replacing the wood. And because it has to be aligned is what I'm hearing. I don't know. I'm looking out my windows and okay. I'm seeing this windowsill being replaced. So, oh yeah, like I like don't like like I like I'm hoping yeah that's what I'm hoping because I don't think you can just tack it down because the wood's rotted at the right. end. Yeah. Funny, it's funny yeah. you saw that. Yeah. Okay, so I'm not gonna worry about it. I'm just gonna like after a couple more window companies and you know get some good references for some carpenters through people because you have to be really careful and then get that too and then from there I can make a decision. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, but underneath, but underneath there should be wood. But you're saying they might have to reinforce it more, or something to tack it down, to nail it down. Yeah, it's just it's a little. It's not horrible, like I said, but it is a little bit bigger job than just window. putting that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it is. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Get it done. Like it'll small. be done. It'll and it'll be yeah. it'll be airtight. It'll be done. You okay. Know, so yeah, it just came up. I think. Like I I think I. I think I ended up leaving like it open and water got in over time over the last few yeah, years. Like overnight, I would leave damage. it open. That's what I was saying. It shows rot or water damage. It's, it kind of puffed up, floated. Yeah, up. a little bit. Yeah, it just yeah. came up. Okay, so I don't know why I just worry myself over silly things. So, do you see me like? And then I have to also do some replacement of, like a little bit of refinishing wood, um, hard. Wood refinishing in the bedroom, so um, yeah. I'll give someone credit for that because I don't know if I even want to do it. The floor got a little messed up because my cat peed there, and I, I got the stain out, but it still shows a little. So I might, I would maybe have to give a credit. I think, like if I don't take care of it, just give a credit. Well, credit or, or see what you can do to replace. You might have to replace the floor. No, you don't have to replace the whole floor. You just have to refinish it and then take out a few boards. Oh, refinish. You know I mean? Okay. Well, I'll try yeah. that. Whatever, 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 you know. So do you, you may see, not be able to replace see? that one part. I don't feel it's going to match, but that's – or or redo Well, that's why they refinish it. Or they're buffering. That's why they, yeah, that's why they refinish it. And buffering it. Yeah. I don't think yeah, the they sand it. going to go – Yes. Yeah, okay. It. Yeah, that's so they like a big they sand it, and then they refinish the whole floor. They replace a few boards. They sand it down, and then you put in the yeah. coloring. You know what I mean? Yeah. To match, so everything matches. You put it. You put a whole new coloring in. You know what I'm saying? Pardon me. Does that make sense? They put in the whole new coloring after they sand it down. They oh, refinish yeah, yeah, it. Yeah. They sand it. Yeah. So that should match, right? But you'll see, because I've had floor. I've had floor, this isn't psychic, Michelle, but I've had floors redone and I've had new. So check the pricing. Sometimes it's less expensive to have like bamboo wood floors done. No, I can't. Having, I can't. No, I want it to make, okay, I want to I'm keep not, my just, floors. They're old. They're beautiful. Okay. I'm not going like, to do what you want. Them. Do what you want to do. You called me. Do what you want to do. I'm just yeah. sharing a story with you. To check the price because sometimes it's even more to have the floors redone. You just check the price. You do what's right for yeah. you. Okay. Yeah, I, I did check already. It's, five, it's, five, it's five thousand for the Good. floor if you do it. You take care. Can Good I luck. ask you? Can I ask you one more thing? With oh, we're out of time. Got our guest that's going to be coming on in a little. 
All right, you guys, it's the second half of the program now. Um, thank you all that called in with your questions and comments. Really, really good questions. Um, I feel that a lot of people will benefit. Remember, when you call in, there's at least 100, maybe 1,000, maybe a few thousand, maybe tens of thousands of people that have the exact same situation or issue or concern. So and you can always call in as many times as you want. So just know that when you're going through something, in fact, we had a couple people, a couple callers with a similar situation, and then also in the chat about the group dynamics and working within a corporation uh, or within academia, um, the particular stressors that come up with that or can come up with that. So, all right, um, everyone, it is time for our second half of the program. We have Awakening Dialogue today with Dr. Greg Hammer. Uh, he's a Stanford University physician and also a mindfulness expert. His book out is Gain Without Pain. I like that. The Happiness Handbook for Healthcare Professionals. Oh, I'm going to add that to academic professionals and corporate professionals. <laughs> People need to take care of themselves. The caretaker needs caretaking also. The nurturer needs nurturing also. Welcome to the program, Greg. Good to have you on the podcast. Great to be with you as well. Yes. Um, well, I do want to do a deep dive. I want to know, I'm, I'm so happy when we have um, medical or more, con, you know, uh, conventional, traditional medical uh, doctors, physicians, experts on that are understanding now the importance of mindfulness and meditation and doing the research on that and integrating it, because I'm sure you're in this field a while. You've known that hasn't always embraced um, mindfulness or meditation or, or breath work. Um, let me just ask you, do you feel like it's, there's a momentum gaining with that, with the understanding the validity of, of those practices now? Yes, absolutely. I, I, it's, it's definitely the case that more attention in medicine is being paid to the role of the mind and uh, mind-body mm -hmm. experience. And also, uh, at the same time, there's a lot more emphasis on wellness for the provider. And so mindfulness mm. is part of wellness for uh medicine trainees and uh, those who have finished their training. And this is partly in response to the rising tide of burnout among medical professionals, which is mm. how I got actually involved in wellness for healthcare providers and then um, more and more for everyone else as well. So it, it, uh, it happens that there was a, a group called Stanford WellMD that was convened several years ago in response to the increasing prevalence of burnout among healthcare providers, and I got involved in that. I've been a long-time comprehensive wellness enthusiast, I would say, and mm -hmm. uh, eventually I got asked to give a talk on wellness and burnout, and then another and another, and so it uh, sort of took on a life of its own, leading to me uh, writing the book, the first book to get the message mm -hmm. out. But yes, in answer to your question, certainly wellness is something for providers, not just for patients, that has uh, uh, 
been much more at the fore and uh, at the same time more of a holistic approach to patient care as well. Wow. And, of course, I mean, always Stanford, Harvard, leading edge with this. Um, There's just – so it's good, of course, it would be there. Um, let me ask you, like, the, well, the wellness for provider, is this something now going into curriculum or having a module for, for um, students or, let's say, those in their clinicals? And I ask this because I do know I work with people in that, this profession and have, you know, close associates, friends. And when I hear the hours, 13-hour hour, you know, shifts or three days on with this 13 hours and then off and, and also surgery, you know, how many hours um, and then, you know, they're on for blocks of time and it's very concentrated work. Is there a movement or are you involved at all with getting any of this into the training, I guess, before they kind of get to where they're going, you know, before they get to the hospital or private practice or clinic? Yes, absolutely, Uh, in a couple of ways. One is that wellness for medical students, for example, is something that's being increasingly emphasized. There was legislation passed actually uh, embraced by the uh, continuing medical or the graduate medical education organization, which oversees training for medical students and residents, that uh, there should be limitations in the number of hours that residents work. And uh, Mm -hmm. this has trickled down to medical students on their clinical rotations as well. So residents can only work a certain number of consecutive hours, and then they have to have a certain number of hours off, and they have a maximum number of hours per week, for example, which is 80, which seems like a lot, and it is, but uh, compared to when I was a resident, it's what? definitely a change for the better. Yeah, right. <clears throat> what was it? You had to live there, right? You had to pretty much. <laughs> pretty much, uh, yes. And, you right? know, there's, there are pros and cons to, you know, these sort of regula- regulations, but the, the net effect of limiting residence hours is certainly something that I agree with. Um, it does mean that there's some interruption of continuity of care at times. So if a resident is working in the intensive care unit under my direction, for example, since I work there, and they are working overnight, they admit a couple of patients, they're not allowed to stay for rounds in the morning when we go over those patients in detail. So in some ways their education is compromised, but I think overall the limitation in resident hours and uh, other changes that really have benefited students and residents in particular are more than welcomed by almost all of us. That's what I was just going to ask. If, if you're seeing people are appreciative of, and wanting this, appreciative, are they integrating this, you know, willingly? Because you said regulation, so that's meaning it's no longer suggestion. So you're actually saying these are regulations right. now that have been, oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. No, the graduate medical education uh, people come and audit the program, and they talk to residents, and um, they're going to hear if the residents are not meeting the restrictions associated with their hours, uh, the program will be disciplined, put on probation, what have you, depending on the severity. So 
No, this is something that we all actually embrace, and um, it's really part of an overall increase in the awareness of what it means to be healthy and well for people in medicine at all levels, uh, for physicians, students, residents, fellows, and those thereafter, we call attendings, as well as all mm-hmm. the other healthcare providers in the hospital, nurses included. So, um, yeah. Nurses, nur- do a nurses have their union, no so they definitely – I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, no, they do a lot. I don't think people realize how much nurses actually, you know, do. Um, oh, absolutely, yeah. Ask, I mean, they're at the front line. Now, let me ask you, Greg, do, do you – what's the changes that you notice? Um, this I'm kind of curious about with this culture changing and, and adopting more of this integrating this wellness approach, um, are you notice anything with the interface with the patients? Any changes there? Well, I think so. First of all, we're all uh, acutely aware of the trauma and the difficulties faced by patients. We've responded to that by redesigning the hospital, for example, making room for families actually to sleep in patients' rooms. So we at excuse me, the Children's Hospital at Stanford moved into a new hospital a few years ago. And, of course, space is always at a premium in the Bay Area, just about everywhere. But uh, it was felt to be sufficiently important that parents had had a space in their child's room. And so all of the rooms have spaces for parents to sleep in the room as well as uh, in a dedicated uh, parent area. And I think this just is a reflection of family-centered care, which is something that we fully embrace. It benefits the patient uh, to have some degree of family wellness, and we're really treating the whole family uh, in pediatric Mm -hmm. medicine, and there's no question about that. So I think that has become more and more of a focus for us. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that there's a sensitivity or extra sensitivity now with with the due to the medical practitioners, healthcare practitioners integrating more wellness? Do you, do you sense that that's translating over to what they're doing with their patients? Yes, absolutely. I think the the again the growing tide or perhaps stable but serious tide of burnout among healthcare professionals is something that uh, hospital administrators, uh, people in leadership positions in medical schools are taking very, very seriously. And part of that is that it's clear that when personnel are burnt out, their decision-making is impaired, there uh, are more complications, surgical complications, medical complications, when physicians and surgeons, and the same would go for nurses, respiratory therapists, and others, when they are burnt out, chronically stressed, and fatigued related to that chronic stress, which is burnout, it affects the level of care that the patients receive. So this is something that is is clearly front and center uh, as far as the administration of medicine these days. Mm-hmm. What are some tips? And suggestions you have in regards to burnout, and and I think let's put one question before that. How does one know 
um, that they're starting to get burnout or they are in that phase of burnout. I know it's on a spectrum. Um, what should people be aware of or look for, I guess, within themselves? Burnout is a state of physical and mental fatigue, which is caused by chronic stress. So I would say, first of all, kind of taking a step back from uh, healthcare providers, we're all burnt out, right? I mm-hmm. think that life itself is chronically stressful, and this has a lot of uh, negative impact on us, on our sleep, on our diet, on our exercise regimen. Um, and also directly on our health when we're chronically stressed. That is, our immune system is suppressed to some degree. Um, our cardiovascular system is adversely affected. Our heart rate is elevated. Our blood pressure is elevated. That puts the stress on our heart. Uh, we have many other organ systems that are adversely affected by chronic stress. Our blood sugar goes up. We're more at risk for diabetes and other healthcare conditions. So, I think that uh, the last five years, at least in terms of the context of my lifetime, and uh, I'm in my seventh decade, uh, I would say that the last five years have been the most stressful in my memory for for everybody. And that Mm -hmm. is, of course, related to COVID. It's related to what's happening in Ukraine. It's related to changes in the economy, inflation, Etc. So I think everybody is under stress. There's no question about it. Yeah. And we all need to have a daily practice in order to deal with that stress, to reduce the stress and therefore reduce these negative effects on our physiology and our bodies in general. So with respect to healthcare providers, you ask, well, how do we know we're getting stressed and, and we're having these adverse changes that are leading to burnout? I think there are lots of ways. One is, are we fatigued? Are we waking mm. up in the morning and not feeling like we got a restorative sleep, even if we mm. slept essentially for eight hours? Uh, how is our diet and our exercise, in addition to our sleep, being affected? Are we kind of getting uh, uh, shortchanging our diet? When we're fatigued from lack of sleep or poor quality of sleep, we tend to pick up sugary and fatty so-called comfort foods because we get a temporary boost from them. So is our diet deteriorating? Is the fatigue that we're experiencing leading to our exercising less? So these sleep, exercise, and nutrition, for example, are all kind of a self-propagating downhill, part of a downhill spiral when we are chronically stressed and fatigued. So we can all, if we're introspective, notice changes in our sleeping, eating, and exercising habits. Um, Beyond that, I would say, you know, as you and others have experienced, you go to work, sometimes at the end of the day, after you've been there for eight or nine hours, you're getting impatient, you may be a little bit short with your colleagues. And when you're getting burnt out, this seems to happen earlier and earlier in the day. So people are finding they're growing impatient after they've been at work for a couple of hours and then maybe even when they just walk into their place of business, they're feeling stressed and and like they don't want to be there. So I think these Mm -hmm. are all signs of incipient burnout, the changes in our sleep, our exercise, our nutrition, as well as our mood, uh, our degree of patience, 
Um, mm-hmm. And uh, in case we're not aware of it, uh, it, we're hopefully lucky enough to have some friends or perhaps a spouse that may point it out. So something that we need to pay attention to for sure. Mm-hmm. Something that seems to be occurring too, and, and, I, I, and again, it's characteristic of the helping professions, is that you're giving a lot. You're giving out, giving out, and usually the people that can't, give back in the same measure, even though something is fulfilling. That having, so I see that with healthcare professionals, that that can, you know, exacerbate the burnout. But um, you're also seeing it more with every, you know, everyone, that, that, that there's this constant outlaying of energy and not as much coming back because everyone's stretched. So sometimes where you might go to get your little, you know, hit of something, you know, like calm energy, you know, with a friend or something or family member, they're stretched too. You know, it's, everyone is stretched. Um, but do, do you think that there is something to that, the nature of burnout? I know it's in all, all fields, but when we're talking to healthcare professionals with this idea of the giving, because I'm thinking even mothers. I work with quite a few mothers, and a lot of times they'll say, "I'm I'm just burnt out. I'm just giving, giving, mm-hmm. giving. You know, giving sure. to the other kids, giving to the husband, giving." So I'm wondering if it has something to do with this giving or outlaying of energy, also. I think that really that's a double-edged sword. On one hand, mm-hmm. you know, it can be exhausting putting out and giving and constantly serving others. On the flip side, I think that serving others is a source of positive energy. I think that, uh, for example, when I do my GAIN meditation every morning, the G in GAIN is for gratitude, I feel grateful for the privilege of being able to help children and their families. For me, that sustains me. So the more I'm able to experience that at work, the more I enjoy my work. So I think it can work both ways. I think when we're, especially though for moms and dads who are home taking care of kids, um, I think during the peak of COVID when homeschooling or online learning was the norm, the the crazy happenings inside the house were certainly uh, fodder for fatigue. So I think, Sure. I mean, uh, shuffling your kids around, um, uh, constantly cleaning up after them, doing things at home, that sort of giving is extremely tiring. And on top of the fatigue everyone has experienced related to these stressors, certainly that's a a, a real energy sink. So I think serving and giving kind of cuts both ways. I think it, it depends on the context. Mm-hmm. Sounds like to me it's, a, a, it's about balance, which brings us into meditation or mindfulness, because anything taken too far be, can become non-life enhancing, right? It can become a deficit or, you know, um, because, yes, I agree that the giving and being able to be of service or help someone can greatly positively impact your life and brings you an enrichment, a fulfillment, and you feel your life, it enriches your life. Um, so it sounds like balance, you know, which is a big part of meditation and mindfulness. 
Um, you mentioned gain sure. meditation. Let, let's let's tap into your book again a bit. Gain without pain. I love that. And then you're tying in it's mindfulness, happiness with my, happiness. You call it the happiness handbook for healthcare professionals. So you could tap into that. Why is that a bit? Sure, sure. Well, first of all, uh, gain is an acronym for what I think are the four pillars of happiness, and they are gratitude, acceptance, intention, and non-judgment. I think they are all interrelated and all inexorably linked to happiness. For example, take the G in gain, which is gratitude. Mm-hmm. Empirically, gratitude is an essential ingredient to happiness. You can imagine somebody being poor and happy, someone being physically disabled and happy, but you can't really imagine somebody who's ungrateful being happy. So gratitude is clearly essential. The A in game is acceptance, mm. and that acknowledges that pain as joy is inexorably part of our life. And if we resist it, we will suffer more greatly. So the idea in the game practice is to actually imagine our chest opening, our heart opening, and bringing a source of pain closer and closer and closer until it really, we merge with it, until our heart is enveloping that pain and therefore lowering Mm -hmm. our resistance completely. And there's a formula in the book, suffering equals pain times resistance. The pain Mm -hmm. is there, but if we fully accept rather than resist it, our suffering is diminished or dissipates. So acceptance is key. Intention means that brains work in a way, and I can think of evolutionary pressures causing this, leading to this in sort of a Darwinian sense, but our brains are constantly mulling over the past and the future. And happiness, which is what you asked me about, is in the present moment. If you think about all the times you've been happy, you're not thinking about yesterday or tomorrow. So you're walking through a beautiful redwood forest. There's light filtering through the canopy of leaves, hundreds of feet above, and just the majesty of nature is so inspiring. And it, it brings us into the present moment, and we feel happy when we are present. And so, mm-hmm. unfortunately, our brains are constantly distracting us over what happened yesterday and the list of things we have to do later today or tomorrow, unless we have intention in our thought process, we're going to suffer from these inherent ways the brain works. The good news is our brains have this wonderful quality called neuroplasticity. So that means in baby steps, gradually through a daily practice, ideally, we can change the way we think. We can rewire our brains if we're purposeful or intentional about it. And the end and gain is for non-judgment. Constant judging, everything being labeled good or bad or, uh, you know, better or worse, really is rather pointless, and it does not make us happier. And so if we can learn to let go of judgments, including ourselves, you know, we, we most harshly mm-hmm. judge ourselves, So we can learn, again, the good news is we can learn to be less judgmental or non-judgmental. So those are the four gain elements. But I think, um, you know, to go back to your question about happiness, happiness is in the present moment. 
So if we can Mm -hmm. embrace a practice that brings us into the present moment, we will be happier. And I think Mm. this is so important. But it does require intention. As You know, John Kabat-Zinn, one of my heroes and a founder, really, of what we call mindfulness, defined mindfulness as awareness of the present moment on purpose, non-judgmentally. So in other Mm -hmm. words, being fully in touch with what's happening right now on purpose. So we have to be intentional about thinking that way and allowing the present experience to unfold non-judgmentally. I think those are really, uh, that definition of mindfulness references a couple of the essential gain elements, that is intention and non-judgment, and really provide keys to happiness. Yeah. So true. If you look at, um, well, well, mindfulness came from Vipassana and in uh, Sanskrit, Dhyana and Vipassana, cornerstones of meditation, simply mean acceptance of what is. It's very interesting. It doesn't mean you like it or don't like it. It's just acceptance of what is and pranayama, the breath, breath awareness, breath control, brings you into that Mm. state of uh, oneness. Yeah, I found that so profound that when you just even researching the root, although what's interesting and like what you're saying, through the practice, even if you're experiencing something that you don't like or is painful or you perceive as, you know, uh, quote unquote negative, in that acceptance of what is, you know, bringing awareness into the present moment, accepting what is, and then the, the breath, we do get peaceful and calm and feel good. <laughs> it's so interesting how, um, you know, sometimes it's in a few minutes, sometimes it takes longer, but it, it is very interesting that that combination brings that. And even though maybe the situation hasn't changed or we once thought it was so negative or stressful, now we're responding differently to it and having a shift. Absolutely. You know, I don't know. I'm, Absolutely. Right? Isn't that amazing? It's been so many times I've been stressed or worried about or concerned, and then I just drop into practice, and then it's just all of a sudden I literally feel those, you know, happy neurochemicals, endorphins coming in, dopamine. I'm like, oh, my God, I, feel, I actually feel really good. And the situation is still the same, <laughs> or is it? I yeah. don't know, Dr. Greg. Is it? You know. Uh, well, some some of our circumstances are made unpleasant by our own conjuring. In other words, you know, the way we think about things, the way we resist rather than accept what is, causes our suffering. Suffering equals yeah. pain times resistance. So when you have those moments of acceptance. Where, which is really the opposite of resistance, then your suffering is diminished and you find peace. It's, it's quite simple. I think that these game principles and the principles of mindfulness are really very simple. And yeah. yet, why do we resist? Why do we yeah. immediately go to thoughts of the past and coupled with our negativity bias, we generate shame, regret, remorse, uh, and low self-esteem. So 
the same for the future. You know, again, it's we have to discern between what's adaptive and what's maladaptive in terms of our thought process. Uh, yeah. It's adaptive to think of the future to the extent that we need to put bread on the table and we want to plan for good times. Beyond that, overthinking the future with our negativity bias generates fear and anxiety. So the remedies mm-hmm. are simple, uh, but because our brains have evolved in this way, which happens to veil or apparently preclude our happiness, if we just relax into our default way of thinking, we're not going to experience that peace and happiness. We have to be intentional about it. And when we find that we're overthinking the past or the future, for example, a light bulb should go off. And if we pay attention to that light bulb, we'll recognize the adverse course that our mind is taking. And we can easily Mm -hmm. then, especially with practice, have a practice whereby we can bring ourselves back into the present moment into a more positive way of thinking and being. Mm-hmm. Now, let me ask you something. With your background and the research, is it, I've just thought of this while we're chatting here. I'm wondering, obviously individually, but I'm wondering if it will eventually affect the collective and then on a, the cellular to the DNA, you know, it, if, because our, we are obviously, our brain is wired to think the negativity bias. We remember the negative thoughts when we actually, those positive thoughts are much stronger. Um, and we usually think more positive, there's more positive thoughts, but we remember the negative situations. It's all this kind of protection mechanism. Do you think over time, not just individually, but within the collective, if more of these practices are done of mindfulness and this like, shifting this kind of catching it could that change that conditioned response i know that changes individually but would it could there ever come a time where the conditioning of how we think is is changed not to have that negativity bias in theory michelle i think absolutely i i think we are <clears throat> not freestanding separate individuals. I think that we're all <clears throat> manifestation of consciousness. We are all interrelated. If we look in nature, everything is connected inexorably with everything else. And mm-hmm. that applies to ourselves as well. And so I think there is a collective energy. I think the more that people feel connected and the more people can bring themselves into the present moment, the more it will be facilitated to do so. So I definitely think, you know, our behavior affects those around us and vice versa. So this is partly why I feel so strongly about the gain practice or mindfulness as a, as a healthcare professional. I know that there are times when, as I prepare to walk into a patient's room in the intensive care unit, there's not much I really have to offer for the family except my own presence. So it may be Mm -hmm. a situation where a child has sort of reached the end of life and is dying. The family has, you know, been Mm -hmm. in the ICU for many days, weeks, months. They've been dealing with their child's healthcare issues for perhaps years. They are pretty well informed in many cases. And so going into the room rather than trying to, constantly recap what's happening and what the medicine is, 
I pause outside the room. I take a mm. few slow, deliberate breaths. I mm. experience the gratitude I feel, the acceptance of this patient's medical condition and the limitations of my ability to cure them. I focus on my intention, which is to really bring myself into the present moment. And I focus on non-judgment. I, you know, if I smell cigarette smoke on the sweater of a mother or father, uh, I, I, as we all do, uh, habitually start to form certain judgments about how good of a parent mm-hmm. they are and so on. Uh, but I immediately drop that judgment. And so I, I can do this very quickly before I actually go into the patient's room. And when I go in the room and I'm really just being present, I can see and, and perceive the effect that has on the family. And that may be really the most important thing I can do for them. So that's just yeah. a small example of how our, how our present awareness influences those around us. And so it, it's easy to imagine that if by some wonderful miracle, everybody in the world embraced a more mindful way of being, it would elevate the collective consciousness, it would decrease, uh, you know, hostility, and it would create a much better world. So I'm not holding my breath. All I can do is (laughs) bring myself into this awareness and and hopefully influence the few people around me. Yeah. Well, that's right. That's where it starts. I mean, we, the individual makes up the collective, so we have to do these things individually. Do you also notice, do you have um, people, let's say, within a whole, I don't know, we would call it a, a, a floor or a clinic, let's say in a hospital, that are practicing gain or my, mindfulness, that are practicing some of these um, techniques? Have you, have you, has that occurred yet where you're having whole groups or departments? Well, we have a, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, we have a wonderful MBSR course, a mindfulness-based stress reduction course. Again, this is something that Dr. John Cabotson started in the 70s in Western Massachusetts mm-hmm. with his patients that had chronic diseases. Um, so mm. we, we do offer MBSR courses. Uh, a lot mm-hmm. of the medical students and some of those that have more advanced training or, or finish their training participate. Um, you know, I would like to have us do it more, for sure. I'd like to have uh, our morning uh, on round start with a, a brief gain meditation. Um, I would like mm. for it to be... Uh, something we do before we go hear a lecture or grand rounds or what have you. Mm-hmm. So it's out there, but I think, uh, you know, if we can incorporate presence practice, as it were, to a greater degree, it will be to the benefit of everybody, including our patients. Mm-hmm. Well, at least books like yours are getting out there more and people are having the uh, more options you know, seeing it as as available more and that it isn't something so odd, you know, actually quite a natural occurring state. Um, So that's a, a, you know, a good sign. You know, the the more that there's the tools, 
and the availability of those tools, I, I think the easier it is for people to just even try, you know, just to give it a go. Um, and then there's a better chance of it spreading, I guess is the way to put it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the, the more we embrace these important essential principles of happiness, uh, the more others around us embrace them. Again, I think there's a collective consciousness, if you will, that will grow and grow and grow. And it's happening very slowly. I think, mm-hmm. you know, 15, 20 years ago, it may not have been in vogue to even have a discussion like this. So the fact that we're talking about this, I think, represents uh, an important direction uh, in which hopefully more and more aspects of our society will be engaged. Absolutely. Oh, that's so true. Um, now, where can, okay, the book, let's, because we're winding out of time here, where to reach you and also to get your book for listeners that um, are feeling called? My website is greghammermd.com, G-R-E-G-H-A-M-M-E-R-M-D.com. There are a lot of uh, media on there. This conversation we're having may be on there soon. Uh, There's a link to the book also, which is available on Amazon and elsewhere. Uh, So, yes, uh, people can can check out the website, greghammermd.com. And uh, through my publicist, I'd love to hear from anybody out there who wants to have a conversation. Well, you know, we're just speaking of that. We have uh, Sue in the chat is saying, would absolutely love if my institution would do this. I've never heard anyone talk like this at my hospital that I work at. <laughs> uh-huh. Sure. You know, just really quickly, how would, I mean, how would someone introduce this to a corporation, a company, institution, or as as Sue is putting in the chat, at a hospital? Is there an entry point to this? Sure. Uh, I give talks, for example, all over the country and all over the world on burnout and wellness. And so, you know, there are lots of opportunities in the hospital environment for uh, internal medicine grand rounds or pediatrics grand rounds, uh, which is really just a a lecture essentially, Mm -hmm. which can be interactive. Um, So that's one thing is to invite somebody as a speaker who has expertise and, uh, you know, experience talking about these principles. So I think that there are a lot of life coaches, uh, including yourself, I'm sure that can be, Mm -hmm. um, invited to give talks and and otherwise interact with uh, administrators and others in, in the hospital setting, but it's something that I do quite a bit, and so I'm always happy to have that uh, discussion. Good. Now, also, Greg, what about, I, I don't know what they would call the hospitals, but like, um, uh, you know, employee appreciation programs or enrichment programs, um, or let's say somebody, like we have someone else in the chat, let's say is saying, oh, I'd love for them to know of this book. I mean, is it appropriate to bring it to HR? I mean, did they, how, how does that work? Uh, yes, um, that would be certainly appropriate to bring it to HR. And, um, you know, I think an individual HR 
a person or personnel in HR would know how best to disseminate the information and the practice within their domain. Um, as I yeah. said, I'm always happy to entertain the possibility of of speaking and interacting with people in the hospital and outside of the hospital. Okay, good. Well, she's listening. She said, thanks, Michelle and Dr. Greg. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's, um, yeah, I think that's, again, people know that there's options. You never know. They've got to fill those quotas of those talks and programs. So why not bring this on board as well? Absolutely. Um, you can oh, get, you know, offer CME credit for it, for sure. Yes, exactly. All right, Dr. Greg, it was great to uh, connect with you and chat. I love what you're doing and um, just, Gosh, keep doing it. Keep doing it. We need it so badly. We really do, especially in the hospitals. Take care of the healthcare well, people. Well, uh, absolutely. No, it's something that I love doing, serving, and connecting with others. And love your show as well, Michelle. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Come back anytime you want to share. And, uh, gosh, just keep shining. Keep doing what you're doing. Okay. Thank you so much, Michelle. It's a pleasure being on your program. Thanks. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, everyone. That was Dr. Greg Hammer talking about gain without pain, the happiness handbook for healthcare professionals. Really love hearing it more and more. Ah, getting out there with the, you know, uh, it's been a long time coming, so... All right, everyone, if you have any questions, comments, guest suggestions, topic suggestions for this podcast, I want to hear from you. Uh, If you want to know more about other things that I do, soulplayground.life, Patreon. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Come on and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Connect with me there and on Instagram. And that's it. Just Remember to rest. Boy, this is so so perfect to what I was talking about at the beginning of the podcast. Sometimes we need extra rest, extra time, especially when there's a lot going on in our world. So make sure you take extra time for you. And as always, continue to shine your light, share your insights, and, of course, keep awake. Awakenings broadcast every Wednesday, 12 p.m. Pacific Time. Archive shows available on iTunes. For continued awakened conversations and insights, join the Awakenings group on Facebook. And check out Michelle's blog at soulplayground.com. And keep awake. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.